This is the Byron Bledsoe Podcast, Senior Pastor of C3 Church in Orlando, Florida. Thank you so much for checking out today's message. We hope this word encourages you and inspires you. Let's jump into the message. Hey, good morning and welcome to C3 Church Online. Thank you for joining us this morning. want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. Hope you and your family had an incredible Thanksgiving. Also want to give a special shout out to my oldest son, Truett. Uh, yesterday was his eighth birthday. Happy birthday, buddy. I love you. And uh, just want to say again, welcome. Thank you for being here. Uh, obviously, I'm not Pastor Byron. I have hair. Uh, but I do want to say, man, we have the greatest pastor in the whole entire world. And him and his family, man, I think that we should give honor where honor is due. And so thank you, Pastor Byron, for the opportunity to be here this morning, the opportunity to speak this morning. Uh, Man, I love you. Grateful for your leadership and your family. So this morning I wanted to uh, just kind of break down something. Can I tell you all a secret? I'm a little bit of a closet nerd. Okay. I don't, maybe that's not PC. Maybe I shouldn't say nerd. I don't, I don't know, but I'm kind of proud of something. I want to share something with you this morning. So in fourth grade, okay, that was a long time ago, but in fourth grade, your boy, me, Barry, I won the fourth and fifth grade chess tournament in fourth grade. I was a chess champion. Uh, I could, who knows, I could be the reigning chess champion. I don't know if anyone ever took it after that. But in fourth grade, I beat all of the fourth graders and all of the fifth graders and won the chess championship. I have a little ribbon somewhere in my closet to prove it. Maybe I'll post a picture about it on Instagram if I can find it. But I promise I'm not going to talk about chess forever. But in case you have no idea about the game of chess, I just want to give you a couple quick, quick things about chess so that we're all on the same page. Chess is played with two people. The board consists of 64 squares and an 8x8 grid. And there are 16 pieces per player. Now, each one of those pieces uh, have its own particular move that it can do and they all move differently for instance a knight can move in an l shape and a bishop can move diagonally and they all have their own place and their own way to move there there are lots of ways that you can win in the game of chess but there are three ways that are kind of common ways to win the first one is by checkmating someone which means that you would, um, you would put their king in a position where it cannot move anymore and to where you would capture it. That's called checkmate. The second way that you could win is by resignation. So the person that you're playing either gets tired of playing against you or whatever, and they say, hey, I quit, I'm out. And the third way is through stalemate. So you've moved and you've moved, and you're not in a position where you could capture their king But you're in a position where if their king were to move anywhere else, you would be able to capture them. And they're in a stalemate. Listen, uh, this morning, I I don't know where you are in life. I don't know where you feel like you are right now. Maybe you feel like you're ready to give up. Maybe you feel ready to resign and you're like, Hey, I know a lot of people celebrated Thanksgiving a few days ago, but Barry, you don't understand my life. And I just don't have that much to be thankful for. I'm ready to give up. Some of you feel fully defeated, like you're in checkmate and the the cards are just stacked up against you and you already know it's over. Or maybe this morning you would say, Hey, Barry, I I feel like I'm, I'm in a stalemate. Like, I just feel like I'm stuck. Like 
Like nothing is moving. 2020 hasn't been what I thought it would be. And, and Barry, if I'm honest, I just feel stuck in life. Listen, I, I want you to hear something this morning. You're not here by accident. You're not watching this service this morning by chance or by coincidence. In fact, I would argue that you're watching this morning by a divine appointment from God. And he wants you to hear something this morning. He wants you to hear that it's not over, that you can't quit yet. You see, I, during the last few months, I've had a little bit of free time and I, I picked up a book and I started reading it. And in this book, it's titled, Don't Quit in the Dip. And it's written by a pastor in California. His name's Sean. And this book was so incredibly helpful to me because if I'm honest with you guys, a few months ago, I felt like I was in a dip. I felt, honestly, I felt like I, I had a checkmate against me. I felt like giving up and I felt like I was sitting still doing absolutely nothing. And man, I, I want to share with you my journey through the last few months with you this morning in hopes that it would encourage you and hopes that it would let you know that God still has a plan for your life and he still wants to do something incredible. Sean tells a story in his book of this famous chess champion. Uh, and in fact, he's also an art connoisseur and he's, he's in Europe one day and he goes into this art museum and he comes across this painting titled Checkmate. Now the painting is incredible. On, on one side of the painting is a devil and he's dressed in red and he, he kind of has this, this grin on his face and he's, he's almost tapping his fingers on the table waiting. And on the other side of the table is a young man who looks uh, very, very beat down. He looks, he looks like he's ready to give up, honestly. And the story behind this painting is that uh, evidently this game of chess between the devil and this young man are for the young man's soul. And if the young man can win, he'll keep his soul. But if he loses, his soul goes to the devil. And you might already gather what happens since how it's labeled checkmate. So this chess champion is, is, he's caught in awe of this painting and he's just staring at it, staring at it. And as he's staring at it, a janitor, the, the story goes that a janitor from the museum came by and he said, excuse me, sir. And the janitor said, yes, sir. And he said, you don't, you don't happen to have a, a chessboard laying around somewhere in the museum, do you? And the janitor says, I might, let me go check. And a few minutes later, he comes back with a chessboard and the chess champion with a table sets up a chessboard. And, and he looks up at the painting and he looks back down at the chessboard and he looks up at the painting and he looks down at the chessboard and he, he sets it up exactly the way that it is in the painting. And he studies the board and he studies the painting and he studies the board and he studies the painting and he, he exclaims, he says, Hey, I know you can't hear me devil, but I want you to know something. You think that you've won, but, but in fact, there's a move that you've missed. And young man, if you could hear me right now, I would tell you that there is a move that the devil has not seen that if you would make that move. You wouldn't just, you wouldn't just survive. You would in fact defeat your adversary. And listen, this morning I came to tell you this. 
even though you might feel beat down, even though you might feel like it's over and you've already been beat, there is a move that you haven't seen yet that God still has. And he wants you to know this morning, don't give up. You can't quit yet. You see, where is it in your life that you feel defeated? Where is it in your life that you would say to me today, Barry, hey, this is where I'm done. I want to give up. Maybe it's in your marriage. Maybe you've been trying and and it just seems like divorce is inevitable. Maybe it's in your career. You you do everything that you can to try to get the job or, 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 or move up the ladder and it just seems like the odds are stacked against you and and you're, you're overseen for promotion, or maybe you got laid off in this time, and, and it just feels like it's time to give up. Maybe, maybe mentally, emotionally, you, you can't handle the stress of this anymore, and you just feel like it's time to give up. Maybe in your relationships, maybe, maybe you're waiting, you've been waiting a minute, like a long minute, for Mr. Right or Mrs. Right, and you're like, Listen, I'm about to just settle for Mr. Whoever comes next. And you're ready to give up on thinking that there could ever be someone that would meet all the standards. Maybe for you, you've been trying a long time to get pregnant. And it seems like everyone else around you has no problem doing it. And for whatever reason, you can't. And you're ready to give up and just accept defeat and say, I'll never be able to do this. Listen, like that chess champion said to that young man, I want to say to you this morning, God wants to deliver you from the hand of defeat. You see, this this painting is so much more than a painting. It's actually a, a great depiction of what our lives really are. You see, in the book of John, Chapter 10, verse 10, it says this. It says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And Jesus says, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. Some versions say an abundant life. And you see this game between the devil and and humanity. It's not just a painting. It's, It's what's been happening forever. There's been this, let's call it a cosmic chess match that's been happening for decades. And it is, there's always this, this, this depiction of move, counter move. In fact, when we go back to the Old Testament, in the very beginning, God creates these angels to worship and to, to be there. And there's this one angel, his name is Lucifer, and he decides that he wants to be God. And he, he gets this other group of angels. In fact, the Bible says that a third of the angels rebelled against God and God kicks them out of heaven. And, and so starts this cosmic chess match between God and, and Lucifer, who we now call Satan or the devil or the enemy. And there's this match between God and Satan forever. And so, and so God then says, okay, I'm going to create mankind in, in my image so that they can, they can bear my image and worship and, and, and it'll be incredible. It seems how the angels couldn't get it right. I'm going to create man. And, and Satan quickly gets in and, and convinces Adam and Eve to rebel against God. And then God brings a sacrifice for the atonement of their sins. And that's when sin enters the world. And, and there's, this, there's this redeeming factor and God 
moves there. And then the devil feels like, okay, now I need to counter move. And he, he convinces Cain to kill Abel. And then God moves and, and, and Eve becomes pregnant with Seth. And the Bible says that the, the man or the word of the Lord was heard on man's lips again. And, and then the devil and his, his, his posse convinced mankind to, to begin to rebel to the fact to where God says, I need to wipe out all of mankind and start over. So he finds a man named Noah and he says, hey, Noah, I need you to build a boat on dry land where it hasn't rained. And then you go ahead and let everyone know it's going to start raining. And he, he wipes out mankind and restarts with this family. And then that's when the devil goes on the offensive. And he, he finds a man named Nimrod who creates these two uh, civilizations, one of Assyria and one of Babylon. And they end up making this, this, this tower of Babel where, where uh, it's, it's like, the, like um, God doesn't exist. In fact, this is where I believe humanism begins. And then that's when God says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to confuse all of their languages so they can't continue to communicate. And so God then says, okay, now I'm going to go on the offensive. And he goes to a town called Ur and he finds a man named Abraham. And he says, Abraham, through you, I will build a nation. And that's when the devil responds and he, he gets Abraham's descendants trapped in slavery to Pharaoh for over 400 years. And that's when God says, I'm going to find a man who stutters a lot named Moses, and I'm going to send him to go to Pharaoh and say, let my people go. And that's when the devil responds. And as Pharaoh has released the children of Israel and they're on their way out to freedom, he sends his army after them and they get trapped between Pharaoh's army and the Red Sea. But you see, that's when God responds and he parts the Red Sea and the children of Israel cross safely. Move, counter move. God moves, the devil counter moves. The devil moves, God counter moves. And then we get to the end of the Old Testament and there's 400 years of silence. It seems almost as if maybe the the cosmic chess match is at a stalemate. Nothing happens between the book of Malachi and the book of Matthew for 400 years. But then we find in the book of Matthew that God is, it's obviously his turn to go. And he says, man, forget all this other stuff I've done. I'm just going to send my son down there to take care of this punk forever. And so we start the book of Matthew and it's like, this person was the son of this person who was the son of this person who was the son of this person who was the son of this person who, who would be born to Mary and Joseph and his name would be Jesus. And then that's when the devil gets real upset and he decides, I'm going to do everything I can to rid, to get rid of Jesus and God forever. And so he, he gets people to turn on Jesus. He gets him illegally tried and murdered, hung on a cross between two thieves. He's innocent. He dies on that cross and he's put into a grave And I picture the devil right then kind of probably has his arms crossed and has this, has this big grin on his face. And he knows checkmate. I got him. It's finally over, but we know the story. We celebrate it every Easter. Three days later, Mary goes running to the tomb, 
The stone has been rolled away. There's an angel sitting on top of the tomb with a sign and it says, he ain't in there. And, and it's in that moment that God puts the devil in his place. You see, Jesus has defeated death. And I can picture it, right? Like Adele, Adele thinks she wrote the song, but really this was Jesus. And he was like, hello from the other side. Right? And he was like, I once was dead, but now I'm alive. Revelation 1.18 says this. It says, I am the living one. I died, but look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death in the grave. Side note, I'm in a studio right now recording this, and I probably just scared a whole bunch of people downstairs. So y'all take a minute. Let's pray for them real quick. But, uh, but no, listen, I think, I think it's something worth celebrating that our God defeated, if we're honest, our ultimate fear, death. And see, now it all starts to make sense to me. My life and your life has just been one big chess match. Move, counter move, move, counter move. I move, and then it feels like this happens, and then that happens, and then this happens. But listen, the devil wants you to believe that your life is over, that you don't have any moves left. You see, Galatians 6, 9 says, let's not get tired of doing good, for at the right time, if we don't give up, we'll reap a harvest. You see, I, I wore my Letterman jacket from high school today because I want to I go back in time a little bit and tell you about the real Barry, the Barry that, that got me to the place that I am today, speaking to you this morning. Whether you're, you're watching at home or maybe you're sitting in your car listening or I don't know where you are this morning. Maybe you're munching on a Pop-Tart or a cinnamon bun. I don't know. Maybe you're eating Thanksgiving leftovers. That's kind of weird for breakfast, but hey, I ain't going to judge you. You see, I... I went to Colonial High School. This is my Letterman jacket from high school. And uh, <laughs> it's kind of cool how I feel like God has brought me to where I am today from there. But here's something I learned very quickly in school. You see, I wasn't, I wasn't the greatest in school, okay? That, that probably is surprising to you, but your boy, this was my motto in school, okay? Now, now students, I'm not saying this is what your motto needs to be. This is just what my motto was in school. C's get degrees, okay? Like I had to have a 2.0 to play football and that was all I cared about, okay? But here's what I found out very quickly, that you can't find the right answers in the wrong places. You know, like, can I be honest? We're in church, right? I I cheated a lot in school. I think I'm past like the time where they could take away my diploma so I can share this, but I cheated a whole lot. Like I I had really, really, really smart friends and I'll just be like, hey, can I, can I see like the answers to this test? But you know, what I, you know what I never did? I never cheated off the person in class that was failing. You know what I'm saying? Like the dude who was like, oh, you can look at my page. I'm like, no, I'm good. I'll just Christmas tree this thing. Like I'll make it look like an airplane in the dot system or whatever. Like I'm not, I, I don't need your help, man. And I feel like, you know what? I feel like in this day and age with social media and, and more news than we know what to do with and more opinions than we care to even hear. Often in life, we're looking for the right answers in the wrong places. When in reality, every answer we need is found in this book right here. And maybe you're like me and you start to feel tired of everything that's gone on in 2020. Like I'm, I'm tired of hearing about politics. I'm tired of dealing with all this 
racial tension and why can't we just figure it out and, and get along and love one another the way that God intended it. Man, I'm sick and tired of this pandemic and COVID and, 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 and having to wear a mask and, and all of this stuff. I'm just tired of it. You know, the Bible says in Revelation that we can triumph over it by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Now, we already talked about the blood of the lamb, Easter, the fact that Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice and he died for each and every one of us. But would you just bear with me for a few minutes and let me tell you a little bit about my story, because here's here's what can happen. You'll see Pastor Byron on a Sunday morning or me or somebody else speaking or or maybe even see our worship team. And you look at them and you think it must be easy. It must be nice being you. It must be nice having this or that or or whatever. But see, you don't know the story that has brought each and every one of us to where we are today. And the fact that none of us ever deserved to stand on that platform, but rather we know that God has decided in his infinite grace to use us and to use our story to glorify him. So let me give you a little backstory on me. Uh, I was born right here in Orlando, Florida at Orlando Regional uh, Medical Center at the time. It was ORMC. uh, And I was born right there. Um, And the day I was born, my father walked into the room and told my mother, hey, he's a super cute kid. Thanks. Uh, But he said, that's a super cute kid. I'm just not ready to be a dad. And he left. That was the first and last time I ever saw my dad. And I don't even know, like when you're a newborn baby, can you really see? And he walked out on me and my mom. A couple years later, my mom would um, fall in love with a man and they would get married and he would take me on as his own. I carry his last name to this day. And in eighth grade, my parents decided for various reasons that, that it was time for their marriage to end and that they were going to get a divorce. And this isn't uncommon, unfortunately, nowadays. Lots of families get divorced and lots of, lots of husbands and wives don't make it. And I remember dealing with the thoughts and the concerns that it was my fault. I remember thinking, man, maybe my parents would still be together if it wasn't for me. Like if I wasn't such a tough kid to raise or or if this didn't happen or that didn't happen. And, and parents, listen, if you're watching right now, um, I'm going to tell, I'm just going to be real transparent and honest with you. And if your younger kids are maybe watching this morning with you, uh, this might be a great time to have them go get a snack or, or do, do something, go read a book or go play in their room for a second. Cause I just want to, I want to be transparent and share with you my journey. I'll never forget, uh, I got off the school bus my eighth grade year. After school, I got off the school bus and I'm walking to our apartment. And I remember walking up the staircase to our apartment, unlocking the door, going into the kitchen to get a snack because I was, you know, got home from school, going to get a snack. And I sat down on the couch. And again, those thoughts kept, kept coming up. And I just, if I'm honest, I just felt backed into a corner. And then, and I, I remember specifically thinking, mom is at work. She's having to work two and three jobs right now to make ends meet, to, to pay for me to play Pop Warner football, to, to pay for my, my, my love of sneakers and all of this stuff. And I just remember thinking, I think 
I think everyone would just be happier if I wasn't here anymore. And I remember walking into my bedroom and tying a sheet to the top bunk of my bunk bed and, and hanging myself. I remember passing out. Well, I don't remember passing out. I remember waking up and, and <laughs> waking up and trying to run and not being able to because I still had the sheet tied around my neck and, and I busted every blood vessel in my face. I had all these red dots all over my face and I remember coming to a place in my life where I realized I was done. I was depressed. It was a dark time in my life and I realized I just wanted to give up. Being unsuccessful in my suicide attempt, I would later learn in life was the greatest gift God would ever give me. You see, a few months later, my mother forced me to go to a student camp. And it was at that student camp that I remember hearing the name of Jesus for the first time. I remember the pastor, his name was Kyle, and he, he shared this story and he shared this verse that said, God is the father to the fatherless. And I remember thinking, like, that's me. And then he shared this verse. He said, Jesus, God, is the Father who will never leave you nor forsake you. And I thought, can that be true? Can there be a dad who won't walk out? Can there be a father who could actually love me in spite of me? And it was on that night at camp, in, a, in an old auditorium at Eckerd College down south, that I prayed a prayer that Pastor Byron leads us in every Sunday. And I asked Jesus to come into my heart. I asked him to take control of my life. I didn't want to live defeated anymore. You see, listen, I don't know where you feel like the enemy has you backed into a corner this morning. I don't know where it is that you feel like you're up against this Red Sea and there's no way that God's going to see you through it. But here's what I want you to know. You're not alone. This pastor standing here in front of the camera this morning talking to you. And I believe God wants you to hear this. He loves you and you're not alone. The things that you're dealing with, you're not the only person dealing with them. See, what the enemy wants to do is he wants you to feel isolated and he wants you to feel like you're the only person in the world who feels like this because he wants to still steal, kill, and destroy. You know, sometime uh, after becoming a Christian, I, I found this verse tucked away in the book of uh, Psalms. And it says this, it says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And, and for years, right, I, I just want to share this with you. For years, after becoming a Christian, right here in Psalm 37, 6, I had printed out this picture. Okay, now listen. <clears throat> I printed out a picture of my dream car. Okay. It was a 1967 Shelby Mustang GT500. Beautiful. Silver, black racing stripes. Beautiful, beautiful car. And, and for years, I functioned in, if I would just do what God wants me to do, he, like, I'll wake up one morning and the, the Mustang will be sitting in my driveway. In fact, I printed a picture of it and put it in my Bible for years. 
all of my middle school, the rest of my middle school and high school years, I had this printed picture of a 1967 Shelby GT 500 Mustang printed in my Bible. And I thought, man, this is what God wants to bless me with. Uh, I, I don't have the Mustang to this day. If, if one of you want to, you know, make that happen, like we can, we can work it out. I'd be happy to drive it for you. But to this day, I don't have that vehicle. But here's what I do have. I have blessings that I never thought possible. I have four little kids that I, could, I have the honor of being their father. I get the, the opportunity to, to change the trajectory of their lives and the fact that they won't have to ever feel like, I don't know what it's like to not have a dad or, or be rejected by a father. I have an incredible wife who I get to do life with every single day. All of these blessings that I would have never thought possible and all I wanted was just a car. You see, often in life, we we feel like, well, your story isn't my story and you don't know, but there's a story in the book, uh, in, in the Bible about this man named Joseph. And see, Joseph had this dream that he was gonna be king and that uh, he has this dream that his brothers would be bowing down to him. And so he tells his brothers, like any good young brother would do, and he's like, hey, I had this dream that you guys are going to bow down to me. And just like any good big brothers, they were like, what? I'll never bow down to you. And so his brothers come up with this plan to kill him. And so they, they, they take him to kill him, and then their one brother is like, hey, let's not kill him. Let's just throw him in a, in a ditch. And so they throw him in a ditch, and they tell his dad that, that he was eaten by a bear, uh, and he died. And, and, they, and, and so then Joseph is sold into slavery. And then after that, he, he gets purchased and he becomes, he works at this house of Potiphar and, and with her and he refuses. And so then she falsely accuses him and he gets in prison. And for 13 years, it's trial after trial after trial. And Joseph just feels like, God, you gave me this dream. But everything I have is something other than that dream. And then there's this verse tucked away in Genesis 39. And it says, and the Lord was with Joseph. See, what do you do when the dream that's inside of you isn't the reality that's in front of you? What do you do? Pastor Byron, a few weeks ago, gave this incredible message about the fact that we have to go through a process to get to where God wants us to be. At the end of 2019, I was guilty of this with our students and and lots of pastors all across America said, this next year is going to be a year of fresh vision. It's 2020. We're going to have 2020 vision. And then, and for lots of us, we're like, this is not the vision that we wanted, right? Well, this morning, can I, can I, can I maybe give you 5020 vision? Genesis 5020 says this. It says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so that I could save the lives of people. You see, God is always working, even when it seems like he's not moving. This year, uh, this incredible thing was created called Disney Plus, and, and, and this is hashtag not a sponsor, right? Like, so Disney Plus released uh, this Broadway show that I've wanted to see ever since it came out called Hamilton. Uh, and, and, and I got to watch it. In fact, if I'm honest with you this morning, I've watched it probably 20, 25 times. And, it, and I love it. But, but in the middle of Hamilton, there's this thing called an intermission. And they put up a little clock 
And here's what happens, right? Like you, you pause it normally and we'll go like refill our drinks or go whatever during the intermission. And then what's crazy is during that intermission, none of us see it happening, but the curtain opens and it's a brand new set. Characters have changed costumes and all of this stuff has happened behind the curtain that we don't see. And, and I, I want you to hear this morning, I think that's kind of how God works. We don't see the things happening, but he's still working. See, Romans 8, 28 says this, it says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And listen, this morning, here's what I want you to hear. God's not done. And even though it may seem like he's not, doing anything, he's working. He loves you. He has a plan for your life. And the one thing that the enemy would love to do is to convince you that it's time to give up, that it's time to, to take, to accept the checkmate, that it's, it's time to just feel like it's over and I don't have anything left to do. But listen, if your scenario is not good yet, God's not done yet. And, and I want you to know this. I want you to know I believe God gave me this message this morning to tell you, you can't quit. You can't give up. It's time to, it's time to get up and it's time to move. And it's time to, to start living for God again. And listen, I don't know where you're at this morning. I don't know what your story is, what, where you feel like you are with God or with Jesus this morning. But here's what I want you to know. Like I said in the beginning of this video, I believe this morning you're here by divine appointment, that God wanted you to be here this morning to hear that he still loves you. He's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. And he wants to do great and incredible things in and through your life. And the enemy wants to do everything he can to stop that from happening. And so no matter where you are this morning, if you're driving in your car, maybe, maybe pull off to the side for just a moment, because I'd love for you to pray with me this morning. And if you would say, hey, Barry, this morning, I, I, don't, I don't think I have a relationship with God. I, I can't think of a time that I've ever asked him to come into my life. Man, we can settle that this morning. You see, there's nothing magical about the words of this prayer, but rather what matters is if you mean it. And just like sitting in that old auditorium at the college down south when I was a teenager, you can pray a prayer this morning and the, the rest of your life can be the best of your life. If that's where you are this morning, would you pray with me? You say, God, I need you. I'm so sorry for the mistakes I've made. I ask you to forgive me. Jesus, I ask you to come into my life and take control. From this day forward, I want to live for you the best that I know how. It's in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, listen, if you just prayed that prayer with me this morning, Pastor Byron would love to know that. I would love to know that. We'd love to pray for you by name. And also, Pastor Brian has a free gift he would love to send you. Would you do us a favor? If you just prayed that prayer, would you text your name to 407-487-8311? Just text your name to 407-487-8311. He'll get that list of names. He'll be praying for you by name this week, and he'd love to send you a free gift. And then listen, maybe, maybe you're maybe you're that person that I talked about in the beginning and you're stuck in stalemate. Can I just encourage you? The Bible says that 
that they know by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. The quickest way to get out of a stalemate is to talk to somebody about God, to talk to somebody about what God has done in your life, to, to, to be a part of something. And man, I would love for you to join us next Sunday in person. I'd love to hear your story. If you feel comfortable with it, next Sunday, December 6th, we start back in-person meetings. Pastor Byron starting a brand new series called Thrill of Hope. It's going to be incredible. We'd love for you to join us. You can register starting today at c3church.cc forward slash gather. We have three services at 8.30, 9.45, or 11 a.m. We would love for you to join us in person. And listen, if you don't feel comfortable yet, that's totally fine. We'll be here online again next Sunday, and you can join us that way as well. Hey, thanks so much for joining us today. We hope this message encouraged you and inspired you. Would you share it with someone that you're connected with? And also, if you want to be a part of supporting this incredible life-giving movement, you can text C3 Orlando to 77977. You can also go to our safe and secure giving website at giveC3.cc. Listen, we love you guys. We're praying for you. We'll see you next week.